Welcome to the Infinite Attraction Podcast, where we uncover, rediscover, and riff on Miami tech culture with a human-centric take on the builder community. We are your boots on the ground to help you navigate all that's happening in the magic city. We dive into art, music, business, wellness, fitness, psychedelics, and any exploration into living well. I'm Elizabeth Irizarry. And I'm Chris Johnston. Chris, we're back again. I'm not yeah. taking another break. How uh-huh. does it feel? Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. I think it was a, a, sl- a slow week uh, around town, eh? Like nothing. Uh, the, the news cycle. The news cycle wasn't hitting as hard as it could have. Yeah, I think there was a lot more happening last week. I think all we've really got going on this week is with the Olympics, mm-hmm. which we'll cover a little bit on. But this week we have Reginald Liget and Caben Clausen, and they're both with Nova, which we will discuss. And they also have a few other projects. So before we jump into that, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. What did we find out? What was going on this week that was worth talking about? Well, I think it's kind of fun. This Miami Hack Week is coming up next week, and it's kind of materializing just like really day by day. Uh, You know, it almost feels like they should have spent three more months planning it, but it is kind of Miami tech style to just, you know, say we're doing something and then just do it decentralize decentralize the whole thing and um yeah it's it's definitely coming together the slack channels are getting more um more participation uh, day after day and i'm excited to participate first of all what the heck is slack tell you know i know because i've been using it but i only learned what <laughs> slack was about a month ago really? so yeah i didn't even know that, that, that how do you even use it? I download the app and I'm like, oh my God. Now I'm like on a couple Slack channels and I sometimes don't oh. even know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Slack, Slack's great. Uh, it's definitely, it's, it's you know, uh, Microsoft Teams, if you ever use that, they, they just basically ripped off Slack, but they also kind of ripped off Discord. It's just a nice way to centralize I like it better work. than Discord. You like it? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's way easier for me. I think they're, I mean, they're so similar. They're like, I, can't, I can I barely know. tell the difference. But yeah, you're definitely going to fall into the trap of you're going to get on all these Slack channels and you're just going to lose track of all of them. And uh, But yeah, you just keep keep your eye on the main ones. And I mean, it's definitely, it, it definitely is a godsend for this whole future work movement because if you just had to rely on emailing with everyone and just had these long threaded emails with everything, like I pretty much talked to zero of my coworkers via email like i save email just for external stuff and then i use everything internally we communicate yeah i agree a lot of the communication now just starts to come from like telegram at least for me i'm just communicating on telegram a lot i'm sharing like google docs and we're not just going in there emailing each other oh here's an update here so Mm. i do yeah i absolutely do a lot less on email but a, a few questions on Miami Hack Week. How does the local community get involved? Is it only for outsiders coming? No, no, no. I mean, it's anyone can. So I, I, one of the things that confuses me is this like drafting process. I, I got uh, accepted or however you want to call it into the into the hard tech, which is like we're kind of building hardware and there's like deep learning engineers and you know all that type of stuff. I don't know how the sorting cap in this Hogwarts really happens. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're, but if we'll you're cover it next my, week. Yeah, so next week we're going to be covering all things hack week. Yeah. I don't know who's coming on, but I'm definitely going to bring, we're definitely bring someone on from the hack week. And, you know, I think, you know, we don't know what hack week even is until it happens. So I think th- they've only planned it like a month in advance. No, right? no it's or been else? around. It's been, it's been on the Google sheet for a while, Yeah, but like yeah, a- but you know, everyone's kind of like, what is, what is this going to look like? And, uh, but again, I'm excited. Miami keeps doing things. Yeah, I know. It's, I think it's going to be the best week, 
you know, since since Miami Hack Week for sure. Yeah. Well, well with that said, this uh, week is the city of Miami's 125th Happy anniversary. Birthday. Happy birthday, Magic City. Mm-hmm. Um, there are obviously some events happening around. I know they have some NFT. They had a dinner or a brunch or something yesterday. So there's a couple things happening around town, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll cover towards the end of, of the show. Also, Suarez making the rounds. Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, like we said, the Olympics was the only other major thing happening, but it kind of it brought a lot of questions to mind. How do we even watch it? First of all, uh, there's no such thing as live TV anymore, in my mm-hmm. opinion. At least mm-hmm. I don't have live TV, so it's kind of tough to see things live. Um, I mean, I also feel terrible for Tokyo. They just get bad luck after bad luck. I think they were getting like a, a storm also, and things had to get canceled or moved around. The only reason I was going to watch Simone Biles then pulls out due to an injury, which is so terrible. Mm-hmm. So then I thought I left myself thinking, like, first of all, they have like what half of the viewership yeah, from before. I think it's straight. I mean, I, I know the Super Bowl is down like 8%, but yeah, I mean, uh, linear ad supported media is just kind of on the way out. And then you were you were telling me earlier about your, your Peacock experience, the streaming service that is bringing us the Olympic Games. It's terrible. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I yeah. would never. So did you purchase it for this purpose? No. So. We have like part of it. I guess it comes with like a a bundle. Yeah, it comes with a bundle. The Roku comes with it, and it's included. Oh, really? And you get like a. It's not every. You don't get every single thing. If you wanted all these extra features, you need to pay for it. So oh, we've Peacock been using. Is free? Yeah. Oh, See, I don't even know that. Yeah, but like. Oh, that was another okay nine ninety nine a month for this too. I, no, I watched. That's how I watched the first like five uh, seasons of The Office after never watching it. I watched it this year for the first time. Oh yeah. So, but I had just such a terrible experience, and I thought like I challenged the Peacock team to come on the episode and explain this to us. <laughs> Why do you believe explain this is the future? To us. And which it probably will be. Is that the future of television? Is that what all these major? media companies are going to start to do? I think so. Is Apple going to buy them? Like, what's going to happen? I mean, Apple's got their own thing. I mean, I even hate... But they hate, need to get better. Apple I even TV hate, sucks. I even hate Disney+. Plus. You'd think they would just come out swinging and just but absolutely Loki nail it. Loki was on Disney+. Plus. Well, look, and the, the Mandalorian the, the progr- on Disney+. Plus. The programming is good, but just the user experience of the app is just... Yeah. I don't know. It's not exactly it's not what Netflix, Netflix is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, like seriously. How for do you one, beat Netflix. They just have it figured out. I, yeah, for one, like it, it's like there's like a one button, like kind of opens a menu instead of just pushing the main button to pause it. It's like a two level thing, and then plus, if like you accidentally turn something off, which my baby always does, like there's not just like, hey, you were just watching this, you want to watch it again. You have to like refine whatever you were watching. It's and I, again, I thought, you know, in the age of you know. Of automation and those predictive, you know, uh, algorithms. I feel like Disney Plus is just not coming with it. They just they, they've got their five logos at the top, and you just gotta kind of pick. And and I'm yeah, like, Netflix truly has an amazing algorithm. Gosh. They just keep you coming back. And I don't ever see myself going back to a movie theater. I don't. No. I haven't been in a very long time. I like movie theaters. I like I like the experience. Not that it's I gotta go be a really lot. experience based. Yeah. And lately, you know, it's got to change too. It's got to be like like you said, more. There has to be more of an experience to it. I just want to rip on Disney Plus one more time. Do you notice if you watch Disney Plus, it plays like the credits to the nth degree. It goes to like all the languages and then plays the next one. Yes. Like. I mean, I, I think I think like uh, Netflix is even robbing us of even closing credit scenes sometimes because they just go right to the next episode. But Disney but that's Plus, what the people want. 
I know, but Disney Plus takes it to this new level. Like, I, I have to sit there. Like, I even have to fast forward. It's, yeah, it's terrible. But, yeah, eh, eh, yeah. Well, we'll see what what's going on. Uh, another thing I did want to cover is the Miami movement is real. This article just came out uh, on Refresh mm. by Nancy Dahlberg. I really enjoyed it because it was like she covered what the past six months. Yeah. And I hadn't realized. I know a lot has been happening. We're like, you know, boots in the ground. We're seeing all of this. We're talking to so many people. We're going to so many events. And we do see that the momentum is there. And a lot I, on the on our my side of the business, on the commercial side of real estate, we are seeing a huge change in, our, in this market. But see, reading that article and seeing that list, I'm like, oh, man, this is a place to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one way to put it. Were, were there any highlights that you uh, you got from it? Not major highlights. I mean, a lot that we already knew. It's just good to read the names, the large names coming to the city, um, and and the ones that were already here. The different, like you know, the companies in like artificial intelligence that I had no idea about, and mm-hmm. just yeah, there were a couple of sleepers. Yeah, I didn't know Adam Newman had a house down here. I mean, I guess it's just a tax haven. So, you know, the forty million dollar house he bought probably paid for itself. But at the same time, I was like, oh, there we go. You know, I know I know Peter Thiel's got a house around here that we've, yeah. been, we've been posturing to get an event at. Uh, I know uh, I know there's certain members of the community that might have a, a pass every now and then. But um, yeah, yeah. No, well, we all know Miami's the place to be. I mean, come on. All right. So let's do this. So let's welcome our guests today on the show. We have Reginald Liget, founder of Liget Consulting, international public speaker and creator of QC, because I can't say it correctly, productions based in Miami, Florida. We also have Kaven Cawson. He is the co-founder and CEO of True Teams. His company helps companies create more unified remote teams. He is also the co-founder of Nova, a communications club in Miami, which we're here to talk about. This is actually the first time, guys, on the show we've ever had, you know, anyone that's related to any company, you know, of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually we try and, yeah, try and make it a little more just kind of topical based. But, man, but I don't think there's a lot of competitors to what uh, you guys are starting this coming Tuesday. Yeah, so next, uh, what is it, next week already? Is that? Yeah. Yeah, next week, week Tuesday, we, we go live, let's say. It's our first official meetup. So tell us a little bit first about yourself before we jump into all things Nova. So, Caben, you want to go? Yeah, my name's Caben Clausen. I recently moved to Miami about three months ago now. I'm a, I'm a tech founder. I've got a company called True Teams. Uh, we help remote teams feel more engaged, which is a really timely thing right now mm-hmm. as the whole world seems to be going remote. Uh, and and then more, and, and kind of something I'm even more excited about is what I'm doing here with Reggie and with you, Elizabeth, is um, we're trying to help Miami become a place of great uh, that has a lot of great speakers and a lot of great voices. And you know, we've always thought public speaking's always been terrifying to me, just like it is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And how you feel now? Uh, you know, well, well, live, this, live to hundreds of people. Well, no, but here, here's the funny thing about that, though, Chris. I, there's something about standing up on a stage in front of people oh, yeah, that are looking yeah. at you in person that's so different than even from radio. And I thought, what better way to get over that and help other people than to start something? And I'm, I'm so happy with you know the two people we're starting it with. I think this is going to be huge. That's amazing. Uh, Kevin is actually being very, very humble right now because outside we decided to start a boy band. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not forget his book club. What yeah. he really wanted to call Nova. Yeah, come on, yeah. Well, come on, the dragons, share something, something. The, okay. Nice so, dragons. 
So I, I also started a book club. Originally, okay. I wanted to call the public speaking club Nice Dragons, but I've never... Elizabeth no. shot that down and made me feel really bad about it, actually. Damn. Now, Damn, Elizabeth. No, I, we're I, not going to call I, it. I shot it down as well. Yeah. Oh. No, <laughs> Thank you. That's true. Now, it does sound more like more of a book club than a public speaking club. <clears throat> See? Yeah. It, it does. And and I'm, you actually saved me because now we, have a, we also have a book club <laughs> called Nice Dragons. Uh, we got 15 people signed up already. And the well, the idea behind nice dragons is dragons are these like mythical rare beings, uh-huh. and people that read are kind of rare nowadays, but they're kind of mean. So we're mm. nice dragons. So we're the we're the nice version of that. What do you think? Is this is this ringing? <laughs> I like it. Well, I just think it's it also awesome. could be topical too, because you know it doesn't have to necessarily just be. You're probably reading fiction, and dragons are fiction, and you know if do you talk about nonfiction at your book club? Well, we're going to do uh, genre switching. So uh, okay. the goal of it is to get a really diverse group of books. So we might start off with a biography. The mm. next week could be a business book. The third week could be a, a novel about someone's life. Uh, we want to just mix it up. And, and really the goal of the book club is to give uh, – we don't want just people from tech. We want people from all walks yeah. of life, right, uh, different backgrounds, different ways of thinking because – when you read alone, you always have your own thoughts and your own biases and background. My goal would be to have people that I can learn from that come from a totally different background from me, even if they have a different job or came from a different place and we can all learn together. So nice dragons. Yeah. It's starting to grow on you, isn't it? It's starting. It's, you know, it just makes me smile every time. That's why I just, I might start reading more, more fiction. Just so I could be a nice dragon. So let me ask you a question. Do you, are you just bored? So you keep creating all these new side projects? Well, here's the truth. Um, because I don't know how you do it. Because well, I don't know how I do it. Well, well, here's the truth. I, I got to Miami, and I went to a public speaking club, and I went to a book club, and both of them, you know, were not good. I mean, they were really bad, and I and I just was kind of bummed out about that because I wanted to be in both these things, and I want to have, you know, I want to meet new people. I'm, mm-hmm. When you're new to Miami, you want to meet new people, and I'm like, why not just start it? Yeah. And um, that's what's been so cool about finding Reggie and Elizabeth. I was going to say, how'd you meet Reggie? <laughs> How do we mean? Oh. Well, uh, I guess I guess we just jump right in. Oh, by the way, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Reginald Liget. I'm founder of Liget Consulting, which focuses on developing small to medium businesses in Miami, as well as QC Productions or Kelly <laughs> Shows Productions. We were working Come on this on. for like 15 minutes before the show, but I couldn't do mm, it. She couldn't do it. I'm, I'm okay. okay with that. It's okay. <laughs> but we, we we turn stories from nothing to something, and uh, the funny thing behind Kelly is it's French for something. So it's like this mm. very unique word to represent something. And funny enough, me and Kevin, we met at a Miami Tech event. The event that Chris Damiushi throws at Freehand. Freehold. Freehold, sorry. Yes. There's too yeah, many yeah. frees in his life. At Freehold in, in the Wynwood District. So uh, we met through a friend and we, we clicked immediately. And me and him, we set up some time to meet up together. So we met down in. I think Berkeley. I met you there too. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, we're that's a great event. Yeah. It's a great event. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Adamo. Yeah, for Chris, hosting Chris will be on. Absolutely. Chris is coming on sooner or later. No, so, no, no, no. Hopefully. Soon. Yeah. Later, soon. Later, <laughs> later. I know Chris. Tell, later, tell, tell them to bring the babies. It'll be more interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we just baby. met at this event and we clicked. And once we were able to sit down and have a conversation, we were talking about different interests and things that he was doing with True Teams. And we just landed on the subject of public speaking. And I've been actually public speaking for 20 years. I've done international public speaking, both on stage, on screen, uh, classroom, boardroom. And he has a passion for trying to grow in public speaking. So do I. I have a passion for giving back. I'm actually born and raised from Miami, North Miami Beach in the building. 
What a rarity. Yeah. Uh, that's really weird to me in the Miami tech community. Like, there's people from Miami. There's very few In the people. Miami tech community. <laughs> it's an oxymoron. But uh, I, I left for 10 years because Miami tech was non-existent. And I came back two years ago right before COVID. And where'd you go? I went to uh, Georgia Tech in Atlanta, and then I had a tech job over in RTP, which is the Raleigh Triangle. Mm. They call it the Research Triangle. Uh, basically, the majority of the tech companies have a secondary headquarters on the East Coast. It's either in New York or in RTP. So I was there for about eight years, so total about 10 years away. So I just finally came home. and Why come back? Well, my dream when I even started in tech was to start a tech company. And I knew that for me to accomplish that, to get into tech, I had to leave Miami because we didn't have a tech scene. And my, my goal was always to come back, you know, like this prodigal son and build a tech empire in Miami. You know, I used to watch Iron Man and all the cartoon <laughs> shows and be like Stark Enterprises, Wayne Enterprises. I said, all right, forget it. Lige Enterprises. I'm just going to add to the list. So that was my goal. And it was just serendipitous that for me to return after so many years that there's this bustling community about to Did you return because of COVID? No, I actually returned before COVID. Oh, that's right, two years, you said. Yeah, August 2019, right before the chaos broke out and all shit went to hell. Yeah, Yeah, I blame you for all that then. Hey, and we like that. (laughs) Did did it surprise you to see what's been been happening here in Miami? Are are you excited that you came on the time when you did? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, Miami has always had the potential to be uh, one of my friends used to call it Silicon Beach instead of Silicon oh, yeah. Valley. I yeah. That. And but it was just belief and people investing. And then really what ended up happening is obviously a sequence of events, as well as people realizing that they don't need to be in an office to work. And then when you put all those things together with everything Miami has to offer from the diversity, the community, the location, being on the East Coast. Uh, the ability to connect with so many different types of industries because that's one major thing that really helps, right? Silicon Valley is, you know, facing the east. And when I mean the east, I mean the eastern side mm. of the world. While Miami faces like a one, 190 degree angle. It has the east coast of the United States, Europe, Africa, and then it has South America. So it has a very broad reach that it can tap into. I think all those factors just came in together and just created this phenomenon which I didn't really expect for it to happen at this rate. COVID was the catalyzing uh, catalyzing event. And we know you, you missed those nights out in Miami. We saw. We saw. Uh, yeah. we Nothing saw going on now. in Raleigh. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. A little better than Raleigh, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've had some crazy nights in Raleigh. You know, I, I love Raleigh. Raleigh treated me well. It's just not Miami. Yeah, like, yeah. Those, that's two different factors. And the other thing, right? Here's what I'm so excited about working with Reggie on on this on this Nova Club is this dude is a contagious public speaker, and I think a, bi- a big a big reason people want to join this club is you get to learn from people like him and others. Um, but we're we're doing it different, right? Like most public speaking clubs, like Toastmasters. I don't want to knock Toastmasters too hard, but it kind of sucks. You show up, <laughs> damn. You show up. Not too hard. Everyone's like <laughs> half the people are wearing suits. You're sitting there. It's so stiff and it, it, intimidating. It, yeah. It's intimidating. So you're gonna like mix in some like improv comedy or something? Well, or? We, we have Ooh. to because the biggest <laughs> problem with went. Toastmasters. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's usually one person at the front who's already got experience, and everyone else is just waiting around. And it actually makes you more na- anxious and nervous. Our goal with this is to put everyone in the same group together. That means every activity, every person in Nova is going to be speaking. 
every person has to say something and and by forcing people to stand up talk fail together really we want people to fail together and have that openness mm-hmm. where this is a place where you can come leave your ego and make mistakes and mm-hmm. grow because that's the only way to grow with this right it's it, if it's something like this that scares people i'm a big believer in, in fear setting i'm a big believer in yeah flooding them flooding them with it and be like yeah that wasn't so bad what's one of your biggest fears spiders snakes mm. heights I don't know. I, th- I think my biggest fear is to not be heard. <laughs> I mean, think about that. What about if we sold your mouth shut? Would that be a fear? Would yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, The Matrix, like that yeah. opening scene in The Ooh. Matrix, where yeah. like the skin just sticks together. So yeah. I, I was uh, sick for a little bit. I had like what was it, bronchitis? I told you, and mm-hmm. and I I couldn't come on the episode, so I took the whole week off to just decompress. And I'm like, wow, being like not able to speak is really hard for me. I didn't realize yeah. how much I needed to communicate. And and then I was like even at home trying to communicate. And I couldn't be on phone calls because my, it was just so dry and I couldn't say what I want. And I was just getting frustrated. <laughs> and I'm like, I just have to listen to these people. I'm on a conference call. And immediately that was like, oh, this sucks. Like, I can't. This is horrible. And and it really took a, a toll on my mental health for that week. I'm like easily affected. So I was like, okay, I need to meditate. I can't be affected by this. It's okay that I can't speak for a week. Maybe this is a sign. Releasing control to Chris. You got this. You can mm-hmm. take over. And he did an amazing Which job. Which was pretty terrifying, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> to try and keep the, keep the ball bouncing the whole time without Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't want to do it again. Because if I don't have anything to say, then you got something. Uh-huh. And we just yeah. kind of play off on each other. And that's what's been really fun about doing the podcast. It certainly makes it easier. It makes it fun. It makes it easy. We flow better. And, and, and that was another learning experience for me. I was like, wow, the podcast could teach me something. We don't have to be experts in the field. And that's why um, when Cabin actually um, it was on <laughs> Telegram, you did a post and it was like, I want to start this communication club in Miami. Let me know if you're inter- interested. And I went straight to the DMs. I'm like, yo, I want to be a part of this. And it was more because I was like, I'm really curious to see. Like, I don't, I think it needs to be for everyone. I don't consider myself to be a good public speaker at all. Um, but being that I wanted to improve, you know, the skills on the mic, right? Being on the mm-hmm. podcast, communicating professionally. And I knew that I didn't know if there was anything that existed that I would say I would feel comfortable joining without feeling like it's so exclusive. And I think that's what's special about this is exactly what Kevin was saying. It's like we're trying to create a collaborative learning environment. You know, no one is above another person. You know, mm-hmm. we don't even know people's titles. We really don't want to know. We just want mm-hmm. you to come in and grow as a communicator, as a speaker, as an orator, as a Nova. So, Ooh, I like that. What we're. <laughs> You know, we should write that down. That's the tagline. Um, <laughs> what we really want is for people to have a good time, right? But at the same time, be uncomfortable. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that's very hard to do in other settings because they just set it up to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And for us, we're trying to do it differently, incorporate activities and learning methods that allow people to kind of get out of their comfort zone and feel safe. And like Cabin said, fail together. But we also succeed together. Yeah, and here's the funny thing about public speaking a lot of people probably hear this when they'll say well i don't want to be a public speaker i don't want to give a ted talk i don't want to be i don't be a podcaster even yeah. i don't want to do any but the, the reality is in life we have to talk to other people mm-hmm. and and i have personal friends who have deal with social anxiety and it, and it can hold them back it holds them back from asking for a raise it holds them back from approaching that girl or that guy they want to talk to and i i, I do think that 
by breaking down some of those barriers and kind of exposing ourselves to fear. I told you earlier, like they've done studies where people that are scared of a spider, they'll just put a spider in the same room uh, as them briefly. Right. And then they'll move it closer and closer and closer. And eventually what happens is the person slowly gets over that fear and Nova's going to do the same thing. Every time you come to Nova, you're going to get a little more confident Mm -hmm. about standing up in front of a group of people and being a little weird and a little more confident, a little more confident. And I don't know what we're going to create out of this thing, but I do, I'd be willing to bet we're going to create some world-class speakers. But we're also going to create a lot of people that are going to have more personal confidence in their in their private life. And I, I'm super excited about that. I'm yeah. absolutely excited about that personal confidence side because just being around you both has been super instrumental. And I, I think we've only known each other, what, three weeks now? <laughs> yeah. And so it, I feel like this, I've known you three years. I know. I mean, it feels like a long time. I mean, I, I thought we were in the same preschool class together. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Probably. Like, we got to check one of those photos. We're going to look for it. It's funny because we sit in that room for our meetings and it flows so well and we laugh and like we come out of there feeling so good and it's like the best hour like we get so much done so we make a great team which i'm like that's what i want out of this so what are you guys planning during all these during these times first of all where is it it's going to take place at uh building.co in uh brickle uh downtown brickle and it'll be every other tuesday night and we've already got a wait list of about 50 people we're gonna so we want to keep it intimate so mm-hmm. one of the goals of Nova is we don't want to have 50 people in a big group. That's what that's what yeah. a lot of the other clubs do, and that's scary. We want to, we're going to have Nova groups. So we're starting off with Nova 1. That's the first 10 people that are joining, and then we're going to slowly roll them out to more and more groups over time. So if someone's interested in joining, they can go to NovaClubMiami.com, sign up on the wait list, tell us why you want to join, and we'll eventually get you in. Yeah, that's good, too, because no one's going to come every week. You know, it's a pretty rare – or every two weeks. Like, you know, you're going to have a certain cadence. So I think that's – pretty interesting that you're uh, kind of doling it out a little at a time you need to be there every week we're gonna make sure of that uh, well i actually didn't get an invite to the first one by the way <laughs> uh, okay um, um uh, there's only one person in this room that you knew before me and kevin walked in so you should talk to that person uh, <laughs> i i actually brought it up on the podcast last time he but did. it's good it's good it's good because i actually I, i'm i play there's chess no on tuesday favoritism so. here. you play, you play chess on tuesday yeah yeah, you yeah also talk on tuesday yeah I, I, I'll, I'll i'm definitely gonna i think you gotta do both i'm, yeah. I'm gonna i'm gonna uh, what, what time is it what time is it this coming tuesday it's gonna be uh, 6 p.m 6 p.m 7 p.m. 7, 7 p.m. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great so far. Yeah. Yeah. I will say 6, not a great time. No one shows up. Yeah. No, I think until, so. It's better. Yeah. It's from 7 to 8 8.30. 8.15, 8.30. Yeah. And we really have some surprises in store for people. Some fun games. Some Let's give them a preview to our introductions. Should we? Yeah. Just do like what an introduction looks like. Oh. That would be good. So oh, that's a fun game. Earlier we did say that we, we didn't want to know anybody's title. We don't want anyone to feel like oh this person's a CEO mm-hmm. or this one's a founder or this one's a public speaker so instead of them knowing that information we're just going to have them put their names on a name tag and mm-hmm. okay so we're just going to act like we're in it uh, so guys, every guy welcome it. to Nova this is our first meeting hi my name is Reggie I want to introduce you to Cabin so Cabin is actually a moonlighting stripper uh, he's been moonlighting as a stripper for the past five years uh, I mean, he and primarily he strips for older the age of sixty five because that's a neglected stripping community. It's an important so, niche. So, guys, meet Cabin. Uh, thank you, Reggie. I'm I'm Cabin Clausen. I now want to introduce to you um, Chris here. Um, he's actually uh, get you. He's recently out of prison. Um, he uh, 
Many people have heard about him. He was the notorious streaker at the Kentucky Derby. Um, he keeps coming back year after year. He has a, he has a real affinity to be naked uh, around horses for some reason. I don't know why. False. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to introduce you uh, to my friend Elizabeth here. Elizabeth is a construction worker. Uh, she uh, um, mostly just hangs drywall in um, in, in dilapidated buildings, uh, and uh, she's trying to flip that one building down there. Uh, what is what is that building? What is that building, John? Maybe you know. What is that? What is that? That knockdown building. It's like just I don't want to say like south of here, and it's like it's like an old convenience store. That um yeah. Anyway, that's not important. Uh, Elizabeth's trying to flip it, but um oh. yeah, but uh, it's dilapidated. It's yeah, dilapidated. It's, like it's that dilapidated. Word. I, I, I want to talk about that later because I, I, this is building that creeps me out. I want to know what it is, uh, Elizabeth. And I'll introduce John over here, which you can't see and isn't speaking, but he's the man behind all of the work here. And I'm gonna introduce him. He's a collector of lunch boxes. It's one mm. of his favorite things to do. He's got... Hey, it doesn't some... count. He actually is a collector yeah. of lunch boxes. Look around hey, here. but one it that's, counts. That's everyone oh. tries to steal when they come Oh, here. the Conan one's phenomenal. So, the Conan one, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you get the point, guys. So tell us a little bit about this. What did we just do? This is our introduction. This is how we're going to start. Instead of saying, hey, what your professional title is and introducing yourself, what's the reasoning behind that? Well, we want to we want to get people out of their comfort zone. So if you have to, on the spot, make up something about another person that could be silly or funny or just whatever, we want people to get comfortable with that because if you can create some discomfort in a safe place when you're out in a more standard place you're going to feel much more comfortable so what we'll do is we do a lot of improv games we do a lot of stuff off the top of your head but we also going to really study how to make a great speech i mean one of the things we're going to do is we're going to watch great ted talks great historical speeches that were given by prominent people and as a group we're going to break it down we're going to say what worked for us what didn't work for us what can we learn from these great speakers? So it's going to be a really multifaceted program. We're going to keep it moving fast, like we said, an hour and 15 minutes. But improv will be a big part of it because if you can get good with improv and you can get confident with improv, you can really talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll hear that from people that are in improv classes. Their, their self-confidence just explodes. It, it becomes amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of laughs and uh, a lot of learning. Did, did you enjoy that, Chris? Uh, I feel like I didn't do that too well. Like, if, if I would have had three more tries, I probably would have taken any of them over sometimes that. Sometimes in life, you don't have three. More I don't. Tries. I don't. I don't. You know, we're live, and this is what it is. And uh, yeah, I'm not trying to say that it wasn't awesome. And, and I totally agree because you got to yeah. Because one of one of the things you get up there and like you're. I think the biggest fear is you just get up there and freeze, right? You know, yeah. I think that was. You know, so yep. if you can just if you just know you've got it and you can crack a joke and make a laugh and make the joke land too, because that's really, I mean, I think if I have a biggest fear is if I try to crack a joke and and got nothing out of it. You know, it's it's about reps, right? Um, just like from any sport, any activity, you know, even the book Ten Thousand Hours, it's about getting those reps. And a lot of the best speakers, it's it's not only about the improv element; it's the ability for us to create. You know, that's that muscle that we're really working for you. Are you talking about, like, uh, Malcolm Gladwell? Yes, right. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. And when you think about it, uh, as a speaker, say, for instance, I have to create a speech, right? A lot of speakers, that's the hardest part. I have to actually create something. Oh, crap, mm-hmm. what do I think of? What What do they want to hear? What should I say? And that also leads to the freezing on stage. It's like, oh, crap, I forgot what I was going to say. But when you start to work that muscle of improvisation, of active thinking, active creation, then all of a sudden when you get down to speak, you can create more freely. When you get on stage, 
you can speak more freely because you're tapping into not just one speech, but multiple speeches, multiple experiences. So that's really one of the elements, the, the, the strategy behind the exercise that we hope to share with some of our people. And like Kevin was saying, we're going to go through interviewing. We're going to go through firing someone. We're going to go through speaking in, Ooh, front, of, in, front, in front of people. We're going to go into speaking yeah, on camera. You know, asking a girl out, we should totally try that. We, we asking a guy out, asking, asking a, a girl and a guy out, like whatever floats your boat. It's 2021. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm really excited about for for me at least sharing all these lessons that I've that I've learned from public speaking, that I've learned from training, that I've learned from just sitting in my room and speaking to a mirror, and at the same time learning because I'm I'm so sure. Uh, there's going to be so many people in that room that have so many different experiences and intersection of experiences that are going to teach me even more than I can share with them. And we're really looking forward to the opportunity. That's why the first group is not a 13 group. We're actually the three, a part of the 10, right? Uh, a lot of people don't even know that. So as we move forward, it's going to be 10 other people plus us. But we really took the time to say, look, we're in this with you. This is not us teaching you. This is us yeah. learning together. For sure. Yeah. And I think I think experiencing, I think in our society, we don't allow people to fail enough. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to get up in front. I, I have cracked a joke before in a speech before. Yeah. I, and, I, and it failed miserably. Yeah. And it was painful. And then, but you want to... Wait, 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 wait. They hit you with the awkward, like... Oh, they hit me with the 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 the, the they're just staring at me like a bunch of owls, and there's mm-hmm. just no reaction. And, and I'm waiting, ooh, and I'm ooh, 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 and I'm waiting for the laugh, and it's not coming. And I'm just I want to literally die in that moment. Oh. But here's what happens: the reason you need to do those moments is because afterwards, I realized no one really cares. No one really cares. I mean, the truth. What I, I think a lot of people. The reason we get so scared is we're so living in our own heads. Mm-hmm. And the story you're telling yourself. We're mm-hmm. the main character. Everyone that's listening to this is the main character in their own movie. So we think, oh, this is a huge scene. Oh, my God. It's mm-hmm. like if you if you crap your pants while giving a public speech at a major conference. You're going to be on YouTube. You'll be on YouTube. <laughs> you'll be on YouTube, but it won't ruin your life. No, it won't. It won't. It won't ruin- you'll probably write a book, I- How I Crap My Pants and Recovered. Exactly. And it'll be a bestseller, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I, and that's that's actually an example where it could be kind of bad, actually. So that yeah. kind of I don't point. think there's any coming back for that. Like, I, <laughs> okay, so don't crap your pants while public speaking, but <laughs> but you can go up there and kind of be boring or unfunny or fail. No one's gonna really remember you. Just like if you you know you go ask a girl out and she says no, or you ask a guy out and he says yeah. no. These things are okay, and I think every time you do that and you realize I'm okay afterwards, that's a that's a superpower. Like there, I, and I the hierarchy fail. and the judgment part, we're trying to eliminate because. Yeah. A lot of the times, like a Toastmasters or other groups, you know, you start to see this level of this hierarchy of these people. I'm better than you are. You've been doing it longer than I have. Judgment because you speak this way. You have a Mm -hmm. language barrier. Technically, English is not my first language, but I learned it watching, you know, movies. I never had proper, like a proper, I would say. You'd be surprised how many people learn English that way. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Disney movies. I mean, and so, didn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, even I, if English was your first language, but, you're still like... But when you're speaking Spanish and then you're yeah. moving to a new country and you're just figuring it out, you didn't take any, like, you start to merge. There's a lot that I realize sometimes. I'm like, oh, like, that's not even English. So I have a perfect example. Nick and I, we went to Time Out this week and this weekend and there was a sign that said late night and I'm gonna, I don't want to say it wrong but say it, just say it. I said I'm gonna say the way I said it wrong first boogie 
boogie. Oh, Ex- exactly. And I, I didn't realize it. And he goes, he's looking at me. Do you know what he just said? And I'm like, late night boogie. <laughs> and he's like, that's not. He's like, that's not how you say it. And then I'm like, how? How do you how do you say it? And it, it was so hilarious. And the the bartender was watching us just go over boogie like, and he goes, just put your words like this, and then say boogie. And then I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I am saying it wrong, but I couldn't hear myself until he broke it down. And then I'm like, how many words like this have I said wrong? And he goes, well, deodorant is one of them. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so things like that, that, you know, I hope it's like a judgment free zone. But the person also receiving the critique needs to be prepared for it, needs to be OK with that. And that also comes with confidence and saying, yes, I'm sorry that I can't say clique, clique, clique. Quelque. That's what's great about Reggie is Reggie's been on a stage with Magic Johnson before. He's a very accomplished public speaker. And when he came into our group, it wasn't like, hey, guys, let me tell you exactly. Let me tell you how to do this. Yeah. It was like, let's all learn together. We can build something cool. And I think we got a nice little mix of skill sets. And, you know, we'll see how it grows. Well, there is, I mean, there is, you know, to any level we can, like, say, oh, like, this person is better at this. But you can see it in gaming, right? Because, like, if you play a game and you're better than someone, like, you're going to just womp them. And there is something to public speaking. And I have a question, because I noticed this when I, like, um, I think it was at the the TEDx talk, and there was, they let, they opened people up, and, like, they let, let people kind of talk because they wanted to give that kind of interaction. Uh, and I noticed that people just 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 have a point, maybe, but, like, they're not, like, really attacking the thesis, like, with their words. Like, how do you... How do you I was there how for do that. You, I spoke yeah, exactly, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Are, you talking about my, are you talking about my... No, no, talk? no, you came after me, I remember, and you were good. But there was a couple of these people that were just like, hi, my name is Sally, I'm 12 years old. And they're just like, it, it was like, how do you teach brevity? And, like, how do you, how do you like, so, how do you really bring that home? Uh, I think, one... You have to attack the core issue, right? And I call this concept the arrow. What happens is when someone is talking or listening to you, whether it's public speaking or you know Q and A or even an interview, what tends to happen is the human being hears a topic or hears a phrase you said, and they they immediately go into the arrow, quiver, and they pull it out and they just cock it. The rest of what you said, they're not paying attention. They're not listening to you. They're just focused on releasing the arrow and letting that thought go out. So one thing that we're trying to do is make people aware of that, that they do do that. And at the same time, I learned this from a speaker training. Um, I was taking a Carnegie Mellon speaker training, and we were doing interviews. And one of the, the professors, he came to me, he was saying, okay, you know how to speak, so what we want you to do, think in sound bites. And that blew my mind. He says, look, whenever you say something, think of a timer and think of a sound bite. You want to be able to be quotable. And a lot of people don't think like that. They just go out here and they mm-hmm. start speaking. I like the arrow. They put their, their concept on the arrow and they shoot it out. But for me, whenever I'm speaking in a, a Q&A session, a clock starts in my head that tells me, okay, Reggie, this isn't about you. Know the question, answer the question, restate the answer, close. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing here. So it's a really cool concept once you break it down for someone of this is what you're doing inadvertently. This is how you can change it. Make sure you have your clock in your head, get to the point, and then be done with it. Let it be. If it's good enough, people will enjoy it. They'll answer your question, and then they'll ask you ask you another one. Which also means learning how to listen. Ah, two ears, one mouth. Use them in that order. Mm. 
So, Reggie, how That's does a sound one... bite right there. <laughs> We're going to clip that later. So, Reggie, how does one become an international public speaker? Uh, funny enough, uh, I've spoken in Haiti. I've spoken in, in Europe. I've spoken in Mexico. And it's just people. When you connect with people, well, thank God people around the world speak English. Uh, but when you connect with people, they want to hear you speak. And luckily through my old job, I was exposed to a lot of people. Um, I used to work at Cisco Systems, and, uh, you know, the largest IT company in the world. And it allowed me the opportunity to go around the world and speak on behalf of the company. And at the same time, through my nonprofit and through my own public speaking forays, I was invited to speak in Haiti at events. I spoke during my nonprofit. And it's actually a funny story, and this goes back to fear. I started an event in Haiti through my nonprofit, Foundation of the World, where we had a technical workshop, a one-week technical workshop where we taught kids about emerging technologies. And we started with IT since I was at Cisco at the time. And I remember we were having our opening ceremony, and we invited leaders in the community to come speak. Now, the thing is, I'm Haitian-American, so speaking the, the language is important, very important. But for anyone out there who has parents who are immigrants, if you can hear me right now, I'm going to speak truth into your soul. How many times did you speak your language and everyone in your family make fun of you because you could not speak it well? Every time. Every single person, right? So growing up, I didn't speak it well. And once they started to make fun of me, I said, fuck this, bro. I live in America. I don't need to speak this. I'm going to speak yeah. English. <laughs> I'm going to speak English. That's the most important language. But I have a the- friend that doesn't speak either. Uh, he, he, he came here at 13, so like he never really cauterize his Portuguese, but then like his English has an accent too, and he gets made fun of in both languages. So. Hey, <laughs> I, I love it because at the end of the day, what happened is this guy came up and he was flowing, like quoting poetry and French and killing it in Creole and cracking jokes. And I looked at him and I was like, hell no, I'm not going up and speaking in Creole. Like, so I, my best friend at the time was there. I said, bro, you speak, you speak the language fluently, better than me you're gonna go up there he said no you got it i said no bro i'm not gonna put egg on my face in front of all these people so i went up there and i was speaking english because that's my strongest language and i told them everyone in the crowd i said look this is never gonna happen again i'm coming back here next year i'm gonna do this by myself in my language i promise you that and literally over the next year i was like consuming creole that's the language they speak in haiti consuming french until i can go back there the next year and I was cracking jokes. I was just being me in another language. So everybody was impressed. But that goes back to the fear factor. I saw that. I saw it coming a mile away. And I said, look, I'm not running away from this. I'm promising 400 people in a room that I'm going to do something that there's no assurances that I would be able to do. The only assurance for me is that I had the determination to do it. And that's the type of mentality we're trying to build in Nova of you might not be good at public speaking. You might not be me. But you don't have to be me. You have to be you. And that's one of the elements, one of our core elements, right? It's speaking and your unique speaker. Mm, if agree. you have an accent, beautiful, dude. Speak with an mm-hmm. accent. Girls, when I speak Creole or I speak French, they tell me I have an accent. I said, bro, we have accents in the United States. Girls think it's sexy. Mm-hmm. So I got a sexy Haitian accent. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm cool with it. Call, yeah. call me for my accent. I'm the sexy American guy speaking French. Yeah, it's I know, cool. right? You can say croissant. On like croissant. We need to own that a little bit more. I yeah. agree with that. We definitely need to own, you know, especially everyone. No one lives in the same place. 
anymore. Everyone moves around, and then from each city, you start to gain something. So we are having all these like accents、mm-hmm. that are now just <laughs>、yeah. like new, and we need to start to embrace them.、Yeah. And I guarantee, if we went around this room, we would all say Florida a different way. Because I say Florida, you know, I'm from Florida. That, yeah, Florida, Florida. Florida. Oh, there's I'm from I'm from Florida. Well, Florida, 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 Florida. 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 That's a big, that's a big reason I came to Miami was the diversity here. I think, I think it's going to make tech explode. Yeah, I, I have a huge theory that as Latin America is rising, as technology is spreading through all those countries, Miami is just going to be a hub for that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of incredible companies. I, I think, you know, we actually we had a great talk the first time we hung out、mm-hmm. about diversity and how. You know, there's a there's a moral reason for diversity, but I think there's also an economic reason. And the economic reason is if you're building a company, and you're selling to Americans, a certain percentage of those people are women, or are black, or、mm-hmm. Asian, or of any race. And to bring more smart minds from all these different groups together is going to build bigger companies and better companies. And I think there's been a monolithic there's been a monolithic thing happening in tech where people all have a certain political view. They look a certain way. They talk a certain way. And I think another big reason Miami has a huge chance here is. We've got so many different types of people here, and I, I think that's beautiful. I agree. I see it in myself too. Like, I I know that the things I do are like manly. You know, like I started look. I I have a little company idea. I call it the Barracks, and I'm like, yeah, and I yeah, yeah, and I yeah, yeah, I have, and I I, I asked. I'm like, hey, I need you on board I because no no lady is gonna go. Or not no, but like it's gonna be a little offsetting、Barracks. if you try to if you try to like have a WeWork times. Uh, Airbnb and it's called the bunker or like you know it's not. We have to make it sound sexy. Yeah, yeah. We could do it <laughs> really, and then the we、barracks. just say buy something. Well, I mean, look, well, so you, you, you so you play chess, you play StarCraft two. Uh-huh. You name things the barracks. Uh huh. That's, yeah, that's manly stuff. That's some manly stuff. Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got, got a, a truck. I got a truck out there. Drink Coors. Four by four. Two dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but that's、One. Miami. That's Miami in a nutshell, and I think that's something that. If Miami Tech and I've I've been speaking to a lot of different people about it because for some odd reason I'm the only Miami native in these Miami Tech events.、Mm-hmm. Uh, they try being from Boca, man. <laughs> I mean South Florida in the building it doesn't matter.、Yeah. You know everyone's just Miami. We should just like rename the whole thing South Florida just to the state. Of I asked Suarez about it. I'm like, hey, I'm from Boca. Do you guys care about us? And he's like, Miami's a state of mind, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, buddy. But we really need to lean into that. Like if we. If we want to be Silicon Beach or Miami Tech, we can't do things like we did in Silicon Valley. We、mm-hmm. can't do things like they do it in New York. We have to lean on those experiences by sure, because obviously, you know, we're talking about billions and trillions of dollars. But at the same time, you have to be different. And diversity is a very big way because I've been in tech for ten years, and I'm always the only black guy in the room. It's been like that my entire career. The higher and higher I go, the more and more bright it got.、Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Uh, for those who don't understand, bright that means white. <laughs> We get it. So more and more <laughs> bright, bright it got, and people were great. People wanted to do it, but what happens is that this machine is already created, and the machine is created to skew towards a different group, help a certain group. You can't try to use the same machine and say, "Hey, we're just going to pump more people into it." It's not going to change because it's still the same machine. You have to either change the machine or build a brand new one, and that's what's exciting about Miami Tech. Is that there's no gatekeepers, there's no one in charge. Technically, we can create new machines for new people, 
And I've been going to these events, and these events are getting more diverse. And I've been seeing new events pop up. About there was a, a, a entrepreneur event, and it wasn't even it didn't even have black on it. But there were so many people in there. I was like, okay, this is like, you know, the magic school bus. This is kids from all over inside of this event. And I think that's really the key to Miami Tech of leaning into that diversity and letting people create. And not only letting people create, but supporting those people. Yeah. Because that's the one thing I hear about a lot about, which is when push comes to shove, are you going to sign that check? Are you going to mm-hmm. hire that person? Or is it just going to be, hey, you know, I love the idea of diversity, but right now I'm just going to focus on mine. That's how most people are. I, I, so my sister's a tech founder as well, and we, we talk about this a lot. The biggest disadvantage for founders that are uh, minorities in any way is those first checks. Once you've already started the company and you've you know had a million dollars in sales or something, you can go raise money from anybody. You've proven it. The hardest part is when you're unproven, right? Like four years ago, I was nobody from nowhere, and I was just cold emailing people trying to raise 25, 50 grand from random guys. But a lot of those, it's a lot easier, I think, to sit down for a beer with someone who looks like you, talks like you. There is a bias still in this early stage. So one of the things, you know, Reggie and I talked about the first time is we need just a lot more black and Hispanic millionaires. Because really what happens is we need it. We need it. And you're going to be one. Yes. And, and, And so are you. And what we need, though, is those types of people can then take their own capital and put it back in their communities. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we got to build in Miami because a lot of the times I think the problem is people say, oh, you can go do it. But when you need to go raise that first two hundred fifty dollars to $500,000 to start a tech company, it's a critical moment. It's very difficult. And if you don't have those personal relationships already through family and friends in your community, it's incredibly difficult. So I love I love some of the initiatives that have been started lately where – we're getting more money into the into the hands of those people, it, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. This is Miami. We love is. to talk. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love to floss. We love to show out. Floss. And when push comes to <laughs> shove, and you got to spend your money, a lot of guys all of a sudden it's like, oh man, mi amigo, no, yo no sé, I don't know. You know, all the Haitians looking at me like, hey man, I don't have it. I don't oh, have no. it. So that's the Squeeze problem. Me a little man. Yeah, it happens, and I'm hoping that we could change that. Of Instead of saying, I don't have it to, okay, I don't have much, but this is what I can give you. Yeah. Just that little change in mentality, I promise you, the entire South Florida tech community is going to explode. Yeah, and you said it, you got to be who you are, too, in, in public speaking, and your own personality. You have to, you know, you can't, like, you know, you can obviously model yourself a little bit, uh, like, and things that you align yourself with, but you can only, you know, be the more true version of yourself if it's going to be authentic. And I think Miami's a, another example of that. Yeah, I think we need to have a lot more ownership of wh- who we are as a city, who we are, what South Florida really is like. Because I had this conversation with a couple of friends. Uh, one of my friends just traveled to, I think, I don't know if it was, she was somewhere in Georgia, North Georgia. And she's like, I forget. And the same conversation with my boyfriend, Nick, who, who lived 10 years. Shout out to her boyfriend, Nick, because yes. he actually became her boyfriend. You know how hard that is? Yes. Um, <laughs> great so guy, by the way. Great he guy. is a great guy. And so <laughs> he had, he just told me 10 years living somewhere else outside of he was born and raised here. And he goes, I have no idea how different it was out there. And we need to own how different we are here. We are diverse here. We maybe don't put that in the forefront. We don't have to try to be like Silicon Valley. We are Miami. So yeah, you said we party. It. 
Yeah, we party. We, we know. don't wake up early Hold on Saturday on, to go to a WeWork. Reggie, <laughs> thought, Reggie <laughs> thought he was going to get away with it. but We were almost oh, at the end of the show. <laughs> we're at the end of the show. So Reggie had, so this is really great. So guys, we, we send out like a quick little email. We ask a couple questions like, hey, you guys get to choose from this. Give us a couple, you know, that you want to answer. Reggie picks up the phone. He calls me. And he's like, hey, so pretty much. How explicit can I be? And I was like, Reggie, we're explicit. Mm-hmm. Bring it. Like, we need to get to know you. We can't just be business. Yeah. This is Miami. We party hard. We work hard. Yes, we do. And that's what we need to embrace. We're not just a party city, but at the end of the day, we know how to have a good time. We know how to be ourselves, and that's what it needs to be like. Give, yeah. me, give me one of those fun night out. You have to share one. Cayman, I'm going to make you say something. You've been oh. in Miami long enough. Oh, I got a lot. All right, you're going to so, give me one each. Let's go. All right, so... I have two in there. I, I could give you two of the ones that are in there. Just give me one. But uh, uh, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you one Miami night, and I'm actually gonna give you a, a birthday weekend. That's even more crazy, because uh, what happened is, you know, turning 30, having a great time, having a birthday. We say, all right, we're gonna turn up, and I invite my people over, and we're like on the beach. We're having a great time at the beach. We're we're getting like trashed. We're getting blazed, and. We, I end up having a, a birthday dinner. I invite my whole family out. Everyone's in there. We're, like, at the forge. It's actually shut down. We're having a great time. Uh, we ended up going to live. I have, like, 25 people going to live. And we, we say, all right, we're going VIP at live. Now, I'm going to put some numbers out there because people don't understand what live is. So we at live. We're going to VIP. We drop, I drop, like, seven bands just to get everybody in. Jeez. Now, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it was crazy because what happened is my best friend, Jacques, shout out to Jacques, He's a travel concierge. So now we're in VIP. What ended up happening is DJ Khaled's birthday was that night and DJ Irie's birthday was that night. So DJ Irie is the Miami Heat's DJ. Yeah. So we ended up celebrating our birthdays together. So we're in VIP together and DJ Khaled is talking about, you know, you the best. And I'm yeah. like, nah, you the best. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to make that joke. I can't because believe you said it. Hashtag Miami. Yeah. Because it's so Miami. That's great. Now we're in there, you know. There's there's trees in the air. There's so many bottles, and and what happened is my friend he goes and he said, "Bro, I got you, man. Like, what do you want? What do you want?" Now, ladies, what he means is, what girls would you like to accompany you inside of the VIP experience? That's what he was translation to. That's how that. Works. And I'm like, bro, they gotta be baddies, man. Bring them in. <laughs> what happens is there's this girl who was across our VIP table. She was a doctor. Now, I just want to say this because, you know, sometimes I feel like people think just because they have a profession that that's prestige. She was a slutty doctor. Okay. okay? <laughs> like, Go if it was on. Halloween, she would have the slutty doctor outfit. So she comes over and, you know, she's like, oh, my God, it's your birthday. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's okay. my birthday. Turn up. You're painting a good picture. And she just pounces on me, just attacks me. And I had this kind of like Versace type shirt on. That Versace type shirt doesn't exist anymore because she was she was ripping it. And, oh my god! And what happened is, I was like, "Bro, what is happening right now?" Because literally, she said, "Oh my god, it's your birthday!" Like those were the words that she said, and then mm-hmm. she pounced on me. And then afterwards, I found out she was a doctor. What happens is, she started fighting with DJ's Khaled girl because she wanted Khaled, and you know you can't do that and live. So <laughs> all you see is this doctor get picked up and lifted out of the of the club. <laughs> after she tried to lay one on Khaled as well. So what ends up happening is it's about 5 a.m. We actually take a 6 a.m. flight to Haiti. Oh, my God. And 
London we take a sleep. 6 a.m. flight to Haiti. Remember, this is Friday, and we end up in Haiti. We're at the beach. My homeboy is Jacques. He has a beach house. So now we're on the beach house, and we go out into the ocean, and we're, like, jet skiing and having a blast. And what happens is we throw a beach party. So mind you, I haven't slept yet. So we're just in here smoking hookah, having a great time, beach night. And then this beautiful, gorgeous Haitian woman walks in. I'm like, oh, my God. Hang out with her. Uh, another girl pounces on me at this party. There's more alcohol. When there's a lot of alcohol, no one is held liable. You're doing good. Right. Yeah. And, well, you know, I, I don't know what to say because maybe it's just alcohol doing well. But then, you know, that was the, that was the weekend. And that's just like, I feel like that's such a typical Oh, this doctor doesn't show up? I'm thinking doctors. I think doctors I'm, like I'm dating the doctor now. Taking That's the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know. Maybe maybe she was a different type of doctor. You know, there's different there's different doctors. doctors. I thought the doctor just doctor. Wa- rocked oh up on the gosh. beach. She's like, "Hey, stop us, say, remember me, bro." <laughs> <laughs> you know how scared I would have been if that was the case. We were like, "Bro, we have, we finally got rid of the doctor," and then the doctor's just ominously chasing me down in Haiti. There's some aggressive girls in Miami. I mean, so, Kevin, give me something quick. I'm about to go through the Google sheet with Chris. Super quick, super quick. Last night. Last night. I'm going to spit this water out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, this is my craziest night ever, but it's just the most timely. And it's a quick one. So, like last night, my, my one of my co-founders is in town. We haven't seen each other in a long time. So we, you know, we're all fully remote companies. Mm-hmm. So whenever one of them flies in, we, you know, smooch. Yeah, we 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 drink a little bit. We might smoke a little bit. And what, the, and it just reminded me of last night because of the story. But like, there's there, there's some Russian women that live in Brickle, and there's some oh, Russian shit. women that live in my building in Brickle. And these Russian women are aggressive. <laughs> they're smoking <laughs> cigarettes and like they're they can drink under the table. And we had had a couple of them meet up with us, and it got a little weird though. And it was kind of like I, you know, generally I'm not as into the you know chain smoking heavy drinking girl, but whatever. We got a number. And then I get a text. I wake up this morning to a text from her, multiple texts and a bunch of missed calls, asking, "What's your apartment number?" This girl lives in my building, by the way. Oh my god! And she's trying to. She's asking me for my apartment number, and I got. A, I I called Garrett this morning. He's like, "Dude, whatever you do, do not give her your apartment." Number. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't make it. He was supposed to be here and be a listener. Yeah, yeah. He, he's supposed to be here, and he's missing. So, well, okay. what's her name? Like Maria, Natalia. Or like something super Russian to add to the lore of the story. Yeah, what is her name? Like that's I, that's part of the, that's part of the whole like, story. What is her name? Yeah, like, no, 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 let's not let's no, not no, put her name only, out there. No, no, out of respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, let's not. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're about to close, guys. Thank you so much for for being on. It was so much fun. Clearly, we like we need more time, Chris. This is what's what we're starting to learn. Oh yeah. But um, really quickly, major events you want to cover? Anything big? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tomorrow, um, I think the biggest one is the Seaworthy Collective's inaugural cohort launch party. At uh, at La Tropicale uh, this weekend, we got the Magic City Cup day one, two, and three Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's going to be fun. And then next week is Hack Week, yeah. so uh, get ready. I I think that that's a that's a wrap. Yep, that's a wrap. Which brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you guys again. Please make sure that you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, everywhere else. Uh, what Spotify, Google, anywhere that you consume podcasts. Don't forget, we also go live Tuesdays at ten a.m. on Jolt Radio. And that's the end of the show. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.